Welcome, welcome to Growth Mind State. This is Anthony Thompson with Robert Catrona and Teresa Concepcion. How's everyone doing this week? I, I It seems to be a very bland week in a couple ways, but it's more like there's just the impending things that are happening in the country. So we have multiple things going on. We have racial disparity seen in the U.S. vaccination drives. We have uh, New, York's, uh, New York's New York nursing homes. Uh, the virus deaths were uncounted for, um, and the AG and the prosecutor, uh, not prosecutors, AG and the administration for Cuomo both have, have confirmed this. Florida mm. Center is seeking to exclude ex-felons from the $15 minimum wage. And I wanted to just talk about the creative process. Like, eccentric artists, I'm going to kind of use Mad Lib and Fortet, who just released a record um, as sound ancestors which you guys should all listen to but it was more about just the creative process since we've had like hakeem here before and all of that and i don't think we had time to really just talk about how the process for a lot of like creation is yeah 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 how are you today teresa i'm doing all right hanging out i'm happy (laughs) thank you for coming back to the show i appreciate you yes Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, we can, um, definitely talk about any of those I things. I mean, we can cut right into it. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of fat to cut into when we talk about the COVID-19 situation, both the vaccines and the dispersion of it. Um, mm. so one of the biggest things here is that slightly, there's a racial gap that has opened up for the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemics, uh, dispensary of the vaccinations. So it is seen Basically, I just would like to get a document open very quickly. There we go. Slightly more than 6% of the American uh, adults have received at least the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, but it's disproportionately small number of them are Black and Hispanic people. Um, actually, the data here makes one mistake or one has an issue. Um, mm. It was an AP analysis, and basically it added white and non-white Hispanic people into the white number just to to find a control for the disparity between the two numbers that they saw. So in an early look at a, at 17 states and two cities uh, that have released racial uh, breakdowns through January 25th found that black people in all places are getting inoculated at levels below their share of the general population, in some cases significantly below. Um, mm. And I'm going to show you a little data on that. Um, the data came from Alaska, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Indiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Nebraska, New Jersey, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, and West Virginia, plus two cities, Philadelphia, wow. and Chicago. I'm just making sure to know to note how many different places that this information came from. So here's just one of the graphs here. Wow. It just wow. shows here that this is a percentage number. So this is a percentage of the people who are allowed to get the vaccine and what they have gotten. And if you note, like Maryland has a very, this it's great that Maryland's in this control for the beginning because the numbers here is that if you see the purple here, it's a percentage of vaccinated who are black. 75% plus is about this dark green and the healthcare workers are the lighter green. That is the aqua green. So it's just showing you the disparity that about 40%, which is a, a okay number of those people in Maryland, for instance, that are healthcare workers are receiving the vaccine. 
but there's a disparity between a huge disparity between that and just the rest of the population even mm. the 75 plus people so um just to give a a comparison unfortunately and it's a dangerous comparison because it adds both white and latino people together which is it just makes it a little bit more difficult in my opinion um it doesn't it shows you that of the people who are available to get the vaccine available to get the vaccine some of these numbers in like uh let's go to just maryland for instance and compare it's at 70 percent for these wow. so it's just to match the two unfortunately you got it you have to do that and i just want to talk about it because this is a disparity that i think is happening across the world we we're not even talking about it in um i i wanted to bring in a story about israel and palestine too who Israel is going to give about 5,000 vaccines to the Palestinian community that is not within its border. It's in the Israeli borders, you know, in the West Bank and Gaza. But this must be happening across the world, where mm -hmm. you have the groups that are the disparaged group receiving a lower vaccine count. Some of them by choice. Um, we've kind of talked about it, but I mean, this would be a great time to just talk, talk it out because... Well, I, mean, I think in, in general, with a lot of the stuff that goes on with governments and everything, they always put the rich and, and everybody else that's like their priority first. You know what I mean? Like things that keep the economy going. They don't care about like the, the, the weak or the sickly or, or whatever it is at the end of the day. I, I feel I'm not surprised at any of this stuff. I think at the end of the day, you have to do what you can by yourself until you get a chance to get the, the vaccine. I don't think you can't at this moment can trust what government um, at the moment is doing. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm wrong for feeling that way, but at the, I don't think they're really pushing hard to give it to everybody. And I think financially, go ahead. What were you saying? What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that's exactly the more of the point. I don't think they're putting a, a progressive enough vaccination program in, in place where we're mm -hmm. actually going out there to reach out to these communities. And that is going to be the real problem here is that you're going to have to reach deep into these communities and get them to actually accept this. And I know there's two, you know, there's two parts of this. There's the part there. There's a black community that has a legitimate fear of just being the new drugs, you know, given the new drug, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think I, we understand that, but we, we have to acknowledge the science that, it's hurting the black and Latino population at a much higher rating rate. So we need to focus on that. We need to somehow, I mean, we can't just change their mind, but we can go from person to person and be like, please go to the vaccination facility. And we, we haven't gotten to that point. We haven't like, and we're hoping, I think we're at a point where we're hoping Biden will start that. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of where we're at a starting point for they haven't educated people well either on how to use the resources that are in their area. So like either they don't trust the resources or they're not educated enough. I'm not, not that they, they can't be educated more that they're just not informed of like where to actually get some of these resources. I know some of people, they want to get like vaccinated and everything else and they don't even know where to go. They want to get funding for, you know, some sort of, um, you know, like help for, for, you know, like the COVID and, and relief, you know, stimulus or whatever. And they have no idea where to go, you know? Yeah, and, I think and... it has a lot to come. 
comes down to a lot with the rollout of how they're doing things. But I'd like to know more information, like how much like vaccinations. A lot of people are scared. You know, it rolled out really quickly. I think a lot of people are hesitant on that front by itself. Um, I mean, colored me surprised that they're not making sure that people who are the most getting hit by it, which are people of color and people who are disparagingly probably in poorer neighborhoods, they're not getting the vaccinations. You know, it could be a lot with the rollout. I know NORC has already implemented um, a rollout where they're having people go online and enroll like that. But um, I don't know how well these other places are trying to do stuff like that. And people are scared. They're not sure if this stuff's going to work, you know. And you've got people who have money who are willing to give whatever they can to get this vaccine too. So you wonder how much of it is actually getting to be going where it's supposed to be going. How many people are greasing palms to get this vaccination the, like in a timely manner instead of having to wait because a lot of people have to wait which i mean i guess that goes to a little bit of the question of how much we should be playing favorites um the next article that i have just up is calling playing favorites for the hospital boards and i know for instance like my own mother is i mean she does work in the hospital constantly she's in the hospital every day but there are people who are getting the vaccine prior to other people out of this list. And who defines the list? A lot of times it's people who are administrators in the hospitals as well. So they're getting they're getting the vaccine before other people. And I'm not sure how to feel about that because I know that my dad is much more in trouble here um, than my mom, but she's got it the vaccine immediately. Uh, let me just state, so in Rhode Island, Attorney General Peter Narano opened an inquiry after reports that two hospital systems offered their board members vaccinations. A Seattle-era hospital system was rebuked by Washington Governor Jay Inslee after it offered COVID-19 vaccination appointments to major donors. To major donors. Yep, there you go. And in Kansas, yeah. Uh, and in Kansas, members of a hospital board received vaccinations during the first phase of the state's rollout, which were intended for greater risk uh, infected uh, people. So, yeah, no, there you go. I mean, that was just it already. You've already had your first impropriety when it comes to this. Hmm. Yeah, they're not they're not caring about frontline workers or anything like that. I mean, if we really cared we would be giving them to all hospital workers immediately. We would give them to all frontline, everybody that, even the people that are working in your grocery store that are putting their lives on the line for you every single day so that you can get your, um, any food that you want or anything like that, you know, those people should also be, you know, first to get this vaccination, but it's, it's not happening that way. These people that you've deemed essential workers, right? That, they couldn't afford to stay home during the first wave of lockdown. These should all be people that are getting it first. Um, but, you know, who cares about those guys? I mean, essential. We just tell you that to make you feel better. They've proven that, like, they, they don't care about the average person at this point. You know, like, everything that they've decided, like, they could have gotten more vaccines situated. I, I mean, I don't know how fast they can produce them. I don't want to say that. But... At least honesty wise, like the people should know exactly where things stand and there should be like some sort of like um, money or some sort of like support given to the people that need help that can't work or, or, or can't risk being at work in a situation like this. Um, 
It's screwed up, man. The whole situation is screwed up, and and like the government has proven that then that we're not a priority. Like they they just want us back to work. They want everything to be normal. They're kind of like, like my mom used to say, um, if something is dirty, you have to clean it first before you paint over it because if not, it'll come through the paint and like all the other stuff. Like the the whole things that have a clean foundation, and um. You know, and that's not the, what they want to do. They want to just like, you know, like the government wants to like, just like shoot people away or do whatever they do to try to like, you know, navigate through the BS, even though they're the, the ones at fault for everything. The same thing with the whole, um, the, the stock exchange things with, with, um, games, uh, GameStop or whatever it is, the things that they prioritize is a problem. They're not prioritizing the people. They're prioritizing like the people with the money, their lobbyists and so on and so forth. And like, like when Trump was in office, he was just lying. Now Biden's going into office and he's picking up from wherever Trump left off and he's starting to realize how crappy and messed up it was left. You know what I mean? It's like going to a, like renting out a house to somebody and then getting to the house and realize they trashed the interior of the house. You know what I'm saying? That's what Trump did. You know what I mean? And he's in there cleaning all that stuff. And I, don't, I can't give too much credit to Biden because Biden's an idiot too. You know what I mean? I think Bernie would handle it a lot better. You know, that's just whatever me supporting Bernie or whatever but <laughs> but you you understand what I'm saying like it's like this is what we're dealing with right now like you got you can't look at it from what you're seeing in in the mainstream media you got to look at it from the perspective of what's actually happening what do you feel with your gut what do you see them actually doing why is it taking so long these are questions that you need to ask yourself on whether or not these people are like really serious about you as a priority you know what I'm saying and they've proven to us that 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 we're not you know, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I give I give mad respect and time for those people that I love and care about. The government's not doing that for us, so I don't feel like they love and care about us. I think there's people involved in the process that do, but how do you change, you know, something that, that's controlled by rich, you know, like people with specific agendas that don't give a damn, you know what I mean? Like, they, like this will eventually go away, and they'll still be rich hiding in their, like, you know, private resort somewhere you know what i'm saying while we're sitting here dying like that's 400 and what twenty thousand uh people have died already right yep it, yep yep and then in, yo how, I, how many people have actually, to die gonna, for them go, i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead oh no please finish please <laughs> i just don't understand finish, how many people have to die for somebody to realize that somebody's screwing up somewhere and that that this should be be fixed you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, I would never, I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm not saying I would do a better job, but I'd be fighting a lot harder than what Trump was doing. I can't blame Biden for anything yet because he's just started. Well, Trump gave up. But, but it's Trump like, gave up in the end. Trump, Trump, I think, I think some of these people are purposely, like, there's some, like, underhanded, like, thing going on where I think a lot of this stuff is purposely being done because it makes absolutely no sense that it's like people are just shrugging their shoulders in situations. I'm like, yo. Like, do you realize we have, like, a, a ill disease? You can't give us any money to survive? You know the money is going to be respent back into the economy, but instead, you're screwing the public. And then when the public goes to GameStop and makes some money, you're wrong. They're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything is like, you look back at him like, this is like uh, the Twilight Zone, bro. This is literally like <laughs> the freaking Twilight Zone. It was like that uh, thing, that tweet I saw the other day. It's like, invest your money. Poor people should invest their money. But not like that. Don't invest your money like that. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Don't make money. You can invest it, but you can only lose it. It's like gambling <laughs> at the freaking casinos. They know you're coming in there to try to make money, and they want you to lose at the end of the day because it's better for the house. Of course. You know house always I mean? wins, right? 
You know, so so yeah, that's what it is, bro. I'm and sorry. I oh, I want to I was gonna ask a controversial question. How do you feel about the fact that there are so many? The vaccine probably won't just go out to these people first, they, but the people in the media and entertainment industry that are especially the bigger level people have been mm -hmm. receiving swabs, etc., and have been able to have access to this most of the time that the industry has been semi-open since like September, October. Um, how do we feel about that? Do we, do we personally all say to ourselves, we need entertainment as well? We value these people. Do they get vaccination? Are they on the list of vaccinations or do they have to wait until June, you know, May, June? Um, especially if you're a freelancer, for instance, and not working for a, you know, for a larger company at that time. And that's a big question. I think that's like, that's a hard to answer question because for me, of course it would help me, but it doesn't mean that that's necessarily the, the best way to go. So the problem is people aren't adapting. People aren't understanding certain things need to happen in order for us to go back the way it was. A lot of people that's in here panicking, they think that they're like locked in a, in, a, in, a, in a room that they can't go out of. That's not the truth. I mean, yes, there's like hardships and, and anxieties and other things that are being um, made by this pandemic. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't make the adjustment, you're just prolonging it. You know what I'm saying? Like these people don't understand. We could be in a, in a better position right now if they stop being assholes, excuse my language. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that at the end of the day, that's what it is that people are being a holes and they're, 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 they're freaking deciding to, to do whatever the hell they want to do with their lives. And I get it. It's your life. You want to live it. You want to go jump off a bridge and kill yourself? Cool. Whatever. Do whatever it is to you. But you're you're impacting everybody that that is important um, to other people, not just yourself. You know what I mean? And, and people don't get that. You know what I mean? I think with the industry stuff, too, it's just like when we started getting um talks about the coronavirus and there was no tests being done nobody was getting tested but all these people in the industry especially celebrities and stuff like that they were getting these tests that nobody else was getting where are they getting them from oh i wonder you know they were they were making sure that they were being taken care of they were getting tested they were making sure that what they were getting was the best care it's not a big surprise that of course they're going to be the ones that are trying to get these vaccines too that they're in the line in the front of the line for all this stuff too. I mean, can you imagine? They always say one big box office hit, if that fails, then it takes out the whole movie industry. So of course they're trying to get all the actors, everybody back and working and again, because these this industry doesn't want to fail either. Then it's what, gonna be another thing that we're gonna to have to bail out? Yo, everything is fragile. Everything that's out there that people think are like, oh, they're so powerful, they're trillionaires, billionaires. Like I bet you like if you trip Apple up, or any of these other people the right way, like you just gotta know what it is that you gotta trip up and you could screw them over. You could screw up anybody at the end of the day if you know the little Achilles heel, you know what I'm saying? Like that at the end of the day. And we think that, oh, the stock market's secure, the housing market, all this, like they give you these false illusions and people buy into it. And they have no idea like how like, just like a little thing, look, look what happened with GameStop, man. Like I, I keep going back to it. That goes to show you that, like, if you have a bunch of rich people doing whatever they do, manipulating stuff, finally you get a group of people. They all go into a into an area, like the I forget the name of the the website that they they have, 
but it's like a betting thing for stocks. Um, Robinhood. No, it's not Robinhood. Robinhood is part of it, but there's a the 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 what the you Reddit, mean the actual the Reddit, Reddit the, the Reddit, Reddit chain that was yeah. yeah yeah it's a group of people that they all came together and decided to do something. So it's just like you know either way it's manipulated. It's either by the few or the many. The one if you do it by the many, it's a problem. If you do it by the few, it's okay to skit you know you know. That the few, the rich, the you know, powerful, you know, those are the few. You know what I mean? Not, not by like the the public that could actually benefit from it. And at the end of the day, the rich still freaking get it because we still gotta buy shit. Excuse my language, but go ahead. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the I mean, day, but it more, much more intrinsically though, you're talking what much more intrinsically. Yes, the fragility of the media companies is very true. Actually, like they don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. They don't. They want to pretend like. They can mm-hmm. just keep making uh, movies. But right now, they're betting on just only making really big, good movies because mm-hmm. they can't make, they can't do what they used to do and make losses on other movies that just to settle up the scores on, on contracts. Yep. So, yeah, right now they're in a panic too because they don't want to be bailed out. And they're not, they're kind of like the, the AV and the people who do audiovisual stuff and like and do concerts, et cetera they can't go out there and work yet because we don't know when we can have an indoor or outdoor festival market of any sort um and that would be that's another like question which is more important you know the entertainment that you get on your tv and you get on the internet or just you know your generalized entertainment that you got as a person out there and i don't think there's any right answer to this question because i think that we don't have enough vaccines out I'm very much a proponent, and I know this is not a very popular view, but I'm a very much a proponent proponent of having an executive order to have the army go out there and give vaccines, go oh. out there and literally set up stations state to state and actually go there as a federal mandate to do so. Um, I think that we need to that, like. I have a problem with that. I don't know, but I, like it's good. It that doesn't you... mean that you have to go and get it. It means that it's available for you. That that yeah, you yeah. actually the federal government is out there serving it up. It means that, I mean, yeah, I don't think you can force anybody to go get the actual vaccine. But I, no. I think you can say, here it is available for you, and you can actually get it without waiting in, uh, the proverbial yeah. line, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I just don't think that they're there yet to do any of that. I think ideally that might be yeah. something that Biden administration is working on uh, because of the way he was talking about getting all these vaccines out and trying to get all these people, you know, most of the American public to be vaccinated. But I don't think we're anywhere near that. Um, I don't even know, you know, if they're able to churn out those that amount of uh, vaccinations at this time, you know. It's just, I think, unrealistic from what the previous administration left this administration to do. You know, it's just a lot. Um, it's a lot. And it was something that it, this has been hemorrhaging pretty much for a while. And for them to try to, like, take it over and fix it now, is, it's going to be a while. I don't see anything springing into action nope. like that. For it, it would be great. I think that would be great, honestly, if there were stations like there's stations everywhere for testing sites now which is great if you need to be tested you can get rapid testing which it does have its own um problems itself but you can get rapid tests you can get the the um saliva tests you can get the um the test through the nostrils now you can get all of them they're completely accessible like they should have been at the beginning but we're at that point now 
finally at least to have testing, I think eventually it might get to that point where you'll be able to go to these testing sites and maybe actually get the vaccine as well, which would be great. Hopefully they get there, hopefully sooner than later, hopefully before another 400,000 people die. Thank God for competency, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God that we yeah, finally have competent I, people. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I just want to be clear for, I, there's somebody in our, our chat here who's talking about the, uh, just, they, they're not willing to get the vaccination. I want to be very clear. When I mean mandate, I mean that you give the state a federal mandate to open up stations to do so. Not that you tell people that they have to have the vaccination. I personally, of course, am going to get the vaccine for my own personal reasons. But what I'm saying is that I don't think that we have a wide enough program and stations to do it. And and I, I Teresa just said it. I mean, I, it's completely correct that there's not enough vaccines even for that right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's more of me trying to tell you what the future could hold, but instead we might be in a holding pattern for a while. I, I'm saying this could be all the way in May. Like, I don't know if I'll get a vaccine until May, April or May. I might not qualify for it, and it m- might not happen. I just don't think we should leave it to just private industries. And I would love to, if it was in more clinics, sure. But, you know, it's already. Most of these vaccines have very specific techniques that you have to keep them. So we, we I have, just want to talk just, about it in a large scale. Yeah, we have to, like, as a country be more trusting in the people that are providing these services. The only thing about it is, is we've been deceived so long. It's like, how do you trust people that you that have deceived you in the past? You know, and like, that's what's the problem with this country. They burn bridges, then they do a little something and people forget over time, and then they keep burning bridges. And then like, eventually, like, look at the way the Democratic Party is, uh, the, um, the Republican Party, they're all splintered because of the fact that they screwed each other's trust levels up. Like, everything is manipulation with them. You know what I mean? Instead of us being able to, like, do what's right for the people. You know what I mean? Like, people think, why can't we be a little socialist? I don't mind a little capitalism as long as we have a little socialism. Yeah. But people don't want to settle, man. People don't want to compromise. Everybody wants their way. And if it doesn't affect them, they don't give a damn about it. They're like, well, that's not that's nothing to do with me. You know, poor people, you know, they people drive by seeing homeless, you know, things in, in long was it um LA or whatever it is where they have homeless people in the streets in certain areas and they complain about them instead of like thinking of ideas to you know give them resources and stuff it's it's people are stupid man like yeah but I think it is the responsibility of the government to try to instill the um you know for us to actually try them to, to convince us to trust them not the other way around. We shouldn't be like, oh, we should really trust the government. No, how about you guys give us something worth trusting and we won't have a problem getting vaccinated. We won't have a problem with all that stuff. You know, it's just that's where the hesitance comes from. We don't have a government that we feel we can trust and they need to fix that. They need to be the ones to fix that. It's not on us. We're doing as much as as people can do, you know, with the information that's being provided. So the government's got to be the one to step up and try to make people trust them again. It's not going to be easy, especially after this last administration. But there's a there's a whole slew of history that you can look on to sh- to say that you not to trust the United States government, let alone any other government that's out there. You know, the sheeple effect, man. They 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 say whatever they do and act however they do on television, 
And look what Trump did with his people, man. They raided the freaking Capitol. And, and like all that crazy stuff that's happened. And that's all because of people watching stuff on TV. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and wilding out and stuff. You know, it's ridiculous, bro. It's ridiculous. I mean, this is the perfect passageway to one of the reasons why we have to at least have tr true transparency. And I, I will... There's two parts of this because, you know... It's a mistake. This is a mistake from New York. So New York is going to tell us all, sorry about that, New York nursing homes virus deaths were undercounted, the uh, attorney general said. Mm. So on Thursday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's administration confirmed thousands more nursing home residents died of COVID-19 than the state's official tallies. Previously confirmed by the Attorney General Letitia James this week, the surprising development is after months of stating they had divulged the true numbers as they were coming in. Letitia James charged that the nursing home death counted could be off by about 50%, largely because New York is one of the only states to count just those who died on facility grounds, not those who later died in the hospital. The true numbers show that at least 12,743 long-term care residents died of the virus as of January 19th, far greater than the official tally of 8,505 on that day, cementing New York's toll as one of the highest in the nation. So this is now transparency, at least. We're getting them to talk about and tell us their inconsistencies that they had. But still, these are numbers now that have to be corrected into the books that a lot more people in New York died and the curve was higher in New York than it was. So we have to take away credit from Cuomo. Like people have been giving Cuomo credit for, for months now. And honestly, he's just been doing an okay job. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say he's been doing a terrible job, but he's doing an okay job. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, he was good. It's, <sighs> look. <laughs> It's like everything was on fire and you gave a fire, like a, just a fire, one fire extinguisher to someone to try to control something. I don't think that, I I don't think he does a tremendous job either. I mean, he's doing what he can with pretty much what they've got, which is okay. You know, none of them, none of these states are doing spectacular at the moment. But also, I don't think anybody's numbers are going to be, I don't think anybody's numbers are going to uh, be super video thing <laughs> yeah it's, it'll click back in a sec but um i don't think anybody's numbers are super accurate at the moment either i think a lot of this stuff's gonna have to blow over for us to finally get real numbers real real tallies i think a lot of people are hiding stuff in these states that they don't want everybody to know exactly what how messed up everything is and how messed up they handled stuff yeah Trump probably has a lot. They're gonna see a lot of crap Trump didn't do. He's he's like a sloppy like home you know guest or whatever. He's gonna when he when when he starts going through um when Biden and and his administration starts going through all this stuff, I'm sure they're gonna see like all sorts of crap. They're gonna be like, wow, man. It's I, I have faith in that. I have faith it's gonna. But this ugly. also goes state by state and country by country. They were all like I already saw some a good article today that Canada is not doing well in the, mm. the whole both vaccination and in dealing with what they, they had a good curve for a lot of this, and then now they have an up curve in a lot of their cities. So they're dealing, they're dealing with it poorly, apparently. Um, I think it has also, a lot to I, come down with complacency, though. 
people get complacent with everything that's going on. They think everything's cool. You know, people start going out. I, I blame social media too because everybody sees people on their Instagram or whatever going to clubs and all this other stuff and people start to think, well, our curve is down and it's okay and things are going all right and people are wearing masks. And they start to get a little bit more, let's go out, let's do this, let's go check. Oh, this restaurant just started opening back up so we can go inside. And there you go. The curve goes right back up. Complacency. We're just, we get too complacent and then... We stop taking the proper precautions that we're supposed to. I mean, I still wipe down my groceries when I bring them from the grocery store, you know, and I know a lot of people that don't do it anymore because they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's fine. I'm sure it's okay. No, <laughs> no. I saw a lady walking around the other day um, that was eating food in the line, taking her mask off, eating the grapes that she had just picked up and then touching and licking her fingers and then touching all the stuff on the, on the shelf and then going back to eating her grapes. Nope. What? What are you doing? What? What's happening? <laughs> nope. Nope. See, that, that stuff happens in New York, but a lot of it too is like we are in and out people. So as long as you're not one of those people who like to just stand around, there's a lot of people who do that too. Um, we're like, we get weirded out. Like some of us, like you could tell the difference between the two different types of people who are like weirded out at the store and just need to get in and out. Like for me, I grab my thing and I'm I'm gone. Um, the 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 people at the counter respect me, they love me. They're just like, good, you just you just pay your stuff and you get out. You always have your mask on. I never have to tell you anything. Um, but it's not like that everywhere because I know that in my neighborhood, which unfortunately does not follow the guidelines as well as I would like them to they're getting a little bit better i feel like this period of time is like they're getting to a point where they they have all been influenced by covid in some way it's very hard not to be influenced by covid there's somebody in your family most likely that has had covid at this point um but they're probably still wearing the damn mat same mask over and over and over again and they're not wearing a cloth mask that's double filtered or any of that so you're going through that whole leaps and bounds of like, there are all of these other things that you have to do because you have to understand what bacteria and viral, the natures of viruses. So it's science. And um, that comes down to not just like uh, education as in your day-to-day -day life. It comes to an education of, oh yeah, you transmit things through spit. The air is constantly moving. There's stuff in the air that you cannot see. like. I think that people people don't like to think about those kind of existential kind of things. And there, it's just around you, you know? There's little dispersals of air going around all around you. Gas, yeah. you know? <laughs> Teresa and I, we had like um, a couple years back ago a kitten named Squirt, right? And it's crazy because the cat got sick, right? And the way the cat got sick progressed so fast, man. Like... Like, we couldn't remember when that happened. And it's like, we don't know how he contracted whatever disease it was or whatever the hell it he is. He got distemper. It but, comes through the feces. And... Yo, dude, it was so fast. My son was upset because my son loved the, you know, the, the, the kitten and everything else. But, man, I've never seen. So, like, ever since I've seen that, I'm like, I don't play no games when it comes to, like, uh, viral or, like, whatever kind of bacteria, like, whatever crazy stuff that could be floating in the air. Because um, mm -hmm. I have no idea how that cat died. That cat just like got real sick and died like like super fast, bro. Like we 
we we we had him living for a while because we had gotten him kind of like while he was ill. He was we a stray. He was a stray. He was a stray cat. We we fixed him up. Everything was great. And all of a sudden, the cat just got super sick. And we had other cats in the house. None of the other cats seemed to have died or gotten sick from it. it was it was just before he was going to get his um, shots and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. And it he got an sick before. He... Expensive to take care of and. Um, Vaccinations, they're yep. important, guys. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the poor cat just disappeared. Like for animals and for people. Places and doing weird. Yo, it was it was horrible, and, to, and they had to put him to sleep. Poor little kitten had had so much energy when he was living, and I think to myself with like these diseases and stuff. I understand people want to live lives and have fun and enjoy their life while they're here and everything. And they think like two or three years is the rest of their life. And that's why everybody's acting the way it is. People don't understand that. It's just two years. Like, there's people that live up to 90 years old. Two years is nothing. I'm not Well, trying there's to... people that are like, oh, well, if I'm going to die from this thing, I might as well live it up. I might as well do I'm whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, why am I going to stay in one spot? If I'm going to die, I'm going to catch this. I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Who cares? Like, and you, you have that attitude. And, of course, you're going to take more people with you. And it's just, it's people are just selfish. Selfish. People are selfish. It's it's a strange part of the American attitude that they've been brought up with in I would I would often say it's a media culture of it of like the the cowboy mentality that if you're gonna die if you you're gonna die you're gonna die kind of thing. Yep. Um, mm. I I was hoping that this kind of era would at least change the minds of some of those people, but I luckily I feel like I've insulated myself from those people. Yep. You know, I don't see that many people who are willing to talk that loudly about it anymore. I mean, I'm sure like the first couple months, you know, obviously there were a couple of detractors, especially people who are more Republican leaning that I know. Um, but now it's more like they're just skeptical of everything. And I'm not I'm a little worried because if you're skeptical of everything, you're going to fall for everything as well. Yep. Well, they said that, uh, yeah, yeah. but they also said like conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. More people are believing that because it's easier to believe a conspiracy theory for something that's so huge, like this pandemic going through, you know, across continents, that it's more easy for them to believe a conspiracy behind it than to believe facts and science is behind it. And that this was something that, well, how did they know it was coming? Like, come on. I get it. It's a it's a scary time, and it's something that we've never ever gone through, and people are willing to grasp at straws to believe anything for a reason why it is. But you know, the people that and denial is is a serious thing. It will really take hold of people, and there are still people that deny it. They don't believe it's real. They think it's all a hoax or whatever. But yeah, it's gotten to the point where there's a lot of people that don't say that anymore because they do know people that have died or have gotten sick. Mostly the people you don't hear from anymore are the people who have lost people. And there's a lot. You can't go anymore without hearing somebody say, oh yeah, my friend's, um, my friend's wife got sick and she died or my cousin got sick and he died. You know, it's, it's sad. And people are really coming to a hard truth, especially the people that were super in denial and they're coming to those facts. Very true. I think people are a lot weaker than they want to like show it. You know what I mean? Like I, I have my fears and my doubts and concerns. But then if you got, you got to always play this game. Like Teresa showed me um a video about 
living life and, and kind of like playing it like a game. It's better to like kind of like try to win a game and understand that there's failures, but eventually you could win the game. You know what I mean? Like that's the way you have to kind of like mm-hmm. like look at life. To look at life as a game a lot and people, not look at failing it, like, and like, just oh giving God, up. Like something's like ruining my path and, and they don't know how to adapt, man. And, and they don't understand. It's all a game, man. You just got to keep fighting. You know what I mean? And eventually you'll find the path. And if you don't, then you don't. I mean, like, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you give up, it's just guaranteeing it. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of people in this, you know, when it comes to COVID, you know, there's some people that have no resources. So it's they're screwed up. They're like in jail or wherever it is. And they're stuck around people that have it. And nobody wants to give them the resources to, to take them out of those environments or like let them free until like the the the, mm-hmm. epi- the pandemic or whatever it is uh is finished it's just like this it's it's just stupid laws and restrictions and other things that everything needs to be reassessed and 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 evaluated in a way where uh or reevaluated in a way where it's better for everybody like it doesn't have to be so harsh in certain situations and like certain situations shouldn't even be able to happen like like the whole stock things and everything else there should be um something for both sides that people don't go bankrupt man you know it's it's like i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain i just feel like yeah. that, that like the systems are rigged purposely for somebody to lose and that's unethical you know what i mean like if you're purposely doing something money wise um to me i think that's unethical that you're creating a system that can destroy somebody's life you know what i mean or 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 or, or make them you know just in generally crazy this COVID's gonna make people crazy man like I, I, I don't know. Do you agree with that or or no? Like, do you feel like? I think like, it's already made people crazy. I mean, like, it I already. Think... Yeah, it, it already it already deals with people's mental health. So I mean, in physical health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many layers to it. I think that not everyone is made to deal with uh, being in alone, isolated by themselves. It's just an I. It's just not how they're raised or grown or their own mental state the way you're built all these different factors that come into mm-hmm. like your identity um and i think that's exactly it. It, it it this whole thing makes you question your identity sometimes especially if you are unemployed right now or if you're dealing with working from home but you're still with your kids constantly um, i'm sure there's a lot of people who are just trying to define who they are right now and it's impossible because it's not like it's not impossible but it's hard to bounce any of yourself off other people and you're doing that a lot of times just through chats and you know you're just trying to find your way and i mean that's been good for a lot of people i wouldn't i would not say that this is like a uh, monolithic kind of thing where it's bad that this all happened for some people this has been good this has mm-hmm. actually been a positive like time for them to some people have become vegetarians. Some people have decided to do an exercise regime. Some of them have quit alcohol, which is fantastic. If you've done any of those things, you, you're you ahead of the curve. And I have to just appreciate that people are different. And mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I had to learn is that like, even if I'm not doing so great during this pandemic, it's not just about me. There's just, it's always, it's about all of us. And I was, I'm just hoping that more of us can extend that idea that this is about how it affects all of us and not just, ah, oh, you know, I'm tired of being home all week, all week, you know, <laughs> like it, yep, get yep. that ugh out of you. Yep. Yep. 
But you know, it's it's people just need to remember too that it's it's if you're surviving right now, it's fine too. You know, I think a lot of people are putting an emphasis on, oh, what are you doing with the time that you have? If you're surviving and if that's the best that you can do and that's the best that you can do mentally for yourself. Look, every day, every day that you can stay alive and stay healthy enough to to keep going, because I think it's a lot for a lot of people to like just especially if you're at home and you are not employed and you're having troubles. You know, if you can just keep getting up every day and keep trying, that's good. That's fine. You're doing enough just by that. You know, people just need to remember that they don't have to do anything more either. If there's just because other people are doing stuff, you know, there's so much stuff on social media of everybody doing all these things. And it's like, don't feel the pressure to have to do that for yourself either. If you want to, yes, absolutely do it. But if you don't and you're just getting up every day and still going through some kind of a routine and still able to function, that's okay too. (laughs) Take that time, take that mental time for yourself, you know, to acknowledge, hey, I'm still going, I'm still entering every day, which is great. Stay functioning, Okay, so I think we should, oh, finish, if you have a same. I was just saying, I'm just saying stay functioning, everybody, that's all. Like you got to keep yourself functional, yeah. whether you, you got to know when to take breaks, know when to regulate whatever it is that's bothering you and, and keep moving forward. Cause you know, that's the way to go. If you, if you sit around, let it like bust your pipes, you know, like basically, you know, like the blood pressure and the stress, it breaks you down. Like you you become weak and slow and, and, and everything else. And you start forgetting things. You want to stay strong, stay focused, stay calm, stay relaxed, stay, you know, like if you got a, like you know a little bit of this or a little bit of this, not but not to the point where it breaks you, but just relax. You know, just don't let your body de- deteriorate around you and, and focus. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's the hardest part is that you have to learn a new skill of focus during this no. period of time, which is I think it's not always going to be easy for everyone and for different reasons, just for monetary reasons or for the peacefulness of like you enjoyed your run every day and now mm-hmm. you feel weird going out on a run every day you or you could only do your run for like 20 minutes because you just you, that's that's good enough for you and mm-hmm. you know like i i do my curls every day but you know it almost feels like you got to do two hours of yoga at, th- at this point for me to like feel like i did anything in the day and but that's my coping mechanism and you just learn your own coping mechanism mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, the only, so I, I was going to just throw it to a much more dense story. So if you have something more to say, you should say it. Cause this no, is no. a really dense story. This is dude, this okay. guy you're talking about right here. <laughs> yeah. This guy here, this Florida Senator wants to exclude ex felons from receiving their $15 minimum wage that the Florida's, uh, state residents approved. So just months ago, Florida residents overwhelmingly voted to approve. Let me bring this down a little bit just so you can see like a title for this baby. So voted to approve Amendment 2, a ballot initiative that raised the state's minimum wage to 15 an hour by September 2026. Today's state Senator Jeffrey Brandis of St. Petersburg, a well-connected veteran of the, the Florida GOP, filed SJR 854, a measure that will, if enacted, exempt some Floridians from the increased minimum wage protection. And now these are people who are actually suffering. And that's actually why I'm making this story is important to me because these are people, yes, they're felons. They are, they committed a crime that is a federal level offense. 
but they do all everyone deserves the ability to come above and raise themselves to a living wage etc it should never be taken away from you to to earn a living wage for your life afterwards this is what people of um color and other minorities or whatever it is have complained about in the past about how they've had a system that was rigged to keep people down you know what i mean that this certain um uh, uh disincentivizers is that the, the, the correct way of saying it to, to, to people doing mm-hmm. certain things in their lives. Um, you know, like you want people to live correct, like law-abiding lives, give them decent wages. So now, okay, let's take the, the opportunity away from prim- ex-criminals to making a living wage. So what are they going to do? Revert back to what they're having, you know, that they were doing prior to it. I got to either sell drugs or I got to I gotta uh, rob people or I got to do this or I got to do that. I mean, in order for me to survive, you know, or I got to, you know, they're, they're trying to make it sound like find a job that's worth that much in order for them to not have to pay $15 an hour in wages. Somebody I, I have, had watched the other day about um, the minimum wages, they're like, why would anybody want to pay somebody $25 that's not worth $25 in income? Like, because that's what, I understand the concept of that. Like, if at the minimum wages, let's say, let's say it's $25 instead of $15 or whatever the minimum wages. Why would somebody be incentivized, like a business owner, be incentivized to hire somebody unless they can bring in more than that? You understand what I mean? Like that's that's the the mindset of a business owner who is who, who's, who's you know capitalistic mind state of a business owner. Now, how many people would want to pay people more than what they're worth? And 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 it's hard to determine uh, in regards to like cooks and waitresses and everything else. Who deserves the extra money? I think everybody deserves the extra money. I think there should be a, a a regulated set amount that we've determined, which we've had. Which well, is I like think you're missing the, the point. Right? You're missing the point, though, because this is a living wage. Nobody wants to work yeah. at McDonald's for $7.25. That's ridiculous. Nobody wants a, to do that job. So if you want to la- raise the thing to $15 an hour, everybody's money is going to go up. Because if $15 an hour is the base for just doing work at McDonald's, then everybody else's money is going to have to go up. Everybody else is going to have to get paid more. Because I'm doing more than McDonald's workers. Okay, great. Then I get paid more. All right. It should really, the price of, like, your minimum wage should really be closer to $21 an hour for a living wage in America. The Everything else goes up. All the prices of everything goes up every single year. This, I'm, this, this topic heats me in the beginning. <laughs> just to start with with the $15 an hour but everything goes up so you're going to tell me that people are trying to survive off of three four jobs is ridiculous ridiculous that I have to work four jobs just to keep my apartment or to keep my house or something like that if I'm if I don't have a college education if I don't and for whatever reason who cares college isn't for everybody I hate that people get so elitist when it comes to well they should have a better education well education is rigged up against you too because that gets to put you in the hole and then you have student loans people who are already poor you can't go to college and expect to come out on top that's a it's ridiculous it's ridiculous $15 an hour everybody should it's that's that's a joke within itself for it to be minimum wage. It should really be $20 an hour. But everybody's money needs to go up. And all these fat cat CEOs, they get these huge exorbitant amounts of money at the end of the year and bonuses and everything like that. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys are not going to be able to get your huge bonus this year because what? You had to make sure Stacy at the Walmart that she's working at actually gets to make her money without having to go to two other jobs. Come on, man. 
And of course, of course, it's got to be a shit show out of Florida going and saying, oh, the felons can't get $15. Why? What gives you the right to say that? I mean, we set up the, this this system so that way you go and you do time and you pay your dues and that's where you pay your dues and then you've gone and paid your debt to society and you get to come out and you're supposed to be able to get a job and do everything and you've already paid your debt to society. You're still paying. You're still paying now because I'm not going to get as much money. I'm still paying. When do I, when does my debt to society get fulfilled? No, All right. No, All right. No, I'm going to go. <laughs> I totally no, agree with you, work. first off. First and foremost, I think everybody should have a high minimum wage, right? I totally agree with it. I'm just saying from the perspective of a business owner, they've developed this system for so long that at this point, they're like, why would I do that? Instead of thinking of the humane and more moral way of doing things, they're like, I got to make my money because everybody's snaking everybody. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to wages and everything else. This is why I want um, co-ops, worker co-ops, where everybody works together to a certain cause and then create something. You know what I mean? I know that sounds like a socialistic type of thing to do. Like, you know what I mean? That's what it is. Like, that's like Trump right there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sorry, I had, to. I had the time to do it, so I had to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so my, my point being is, is with everything else that's been going on, we all have to... Um, Raise the minimum wage, but also understand that they've created the system where the, the entitlement of these rich business owners feel like, why should I pay this? If you're not benefiting me, why should I pay? It, it shrinks the market down to qual certain qualified peoples for those who don't have educations and those of you who, who don't have the resources to get these jobs. Some people have to move out of state to get some of these decent paying jobs that pay really well to keep you living. Um, if you don't have these resources, you're, you're not uh, available. That's not available to you. If you're coming from jail, they're just adding even worse. They're, 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 they're putting salt to the wound. You're already going to struggle getting something with, with, with a, a, an, a, you know, something on your record um, from jail. And then on top of that, you can't even make more than the, the set minimum wage or less than, what is it, not $15. What are they trying to agree, agree upon? Like, like seven something? Well, no, they're not trying to agree upon anything. The minimum wage in Florida, I believe, is about seven fifty for workers who are under who are who are especially restaurant workers. I, I mean, that's something that's why. OK, so I would love to have this real discussion about minimum wage with Daniel. If you remember okay. Daniel Smith, when I was we were ha trying to have him before because yeah. he's a restaurant worker and um, I, I completely understand your argument about the minimum wage fluctuating the costs for other people but i think that that's a necessary cost fluctuation we're talking about inflation us not they, they need to break the yeah, system we're, we're not we're not following and, and, inflation yeah, yeah yeah like the system's already broken so we need to break it more to repair it correctly like, but it used to be back in the day this is how you know these boomers and stuff like that were able to buy a house at the age of 25 because the cost of living was um, comparable to what they were getting at a minimum wage. It's not happening anymore. They stopped because all these companies, they wanted to keep more money in their pockets. So they stopped going and raising the minimum wage and making sure people had a living wage. We are no longer at a living wage. Minimum wage is ridiculous. It's, it's pathetic, you know, and it's nobody, nobody should have to work three back breaking jobs to be able to live in this country. That is ridiculous. Yeah. 
That is ridiculous. That this there are people that go from one job to the other job to the next job. And then people want to go and stand there and wag their fingers at them. Well, well, you shouldn't have kids or you shouldn't have this or you shouldn't have that. It's just one person sometimes. There's just one person trying to live, trying to have something nice, a home. And they can't without a roommate or something else because they don't have the opportunity with having a minimum wage at one job to to, sacri- to to supplement their living. That's that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable in this country, especially. You know, we always talk about, oh, America's so great. What? What? What are we great at? Making poor people poor? Oh, we're great at that. Excellent. Yep. Yep. You know, they, they use the excuses. Why don't you, if you know you deserve more, you should find a job that pays more. I'm like, but what if you can't find those jobs easily? <laughs> Like nobody wants like. What if you can't? Like, they said they, somebody said somebody said something about um, if you get this cheap job, you get the experience to learn more more. You know, you get more educated on the job, so you can get a higher paying job. Yeah, like, that's how they're okay. screwing people that are <laughs> like, college graduates now. You get an internship. Oh well, it's a non paid for internship. Oh, that's nice. How am I supposed to pay for my? Oh, my housing is non paid for too. So this is great. I can definitely do this internship. I don't need food. I don't need that. That's that's fine. I can definitely take this non-paying internship until you deem that I've had enough experience to actually give me money. Get out of here. Get out of here. So now you've talked about now we're talking about privilege a little bit too because now we're talking about the privilege of being able to take an internship and stay home. Because uh or do multiple things. Like I will throw my I'm going to throw my brother under the bus, but he's doing really well and I'm glad he did it but he was an EMT and you don't get paid in a lot of counties as an EMT. So look, he did, he did the work. It's not like he should have got, he should have gotten paid for that work, but he stayed home and he was, he's able to stay at home until this point. And um, he's working now. He got his, uh, his uh, master's degree. So now he's working at a, a college, but he's still living at home because you know, as he's eight years younger than me, but he's still, you know, that internship and doing an MA program and then doing an EMT program, that means that he just wasn't getting any money, but he was doing work for people. And that's what I, th- I think people also, I don't think that that should be the standard. Like my brother should be getting way more, but it also means that my, that other people should be able to live. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you have to find a way to like, oh, not compare my your family's experience with what ex- the experience of somebody else who is more disparaged than the, than you yeah. because it's impossible for somebody like for me when i walked into the scene i was trying to get an internship like whatever but i couldn't afford to go back and forth from new jersey to new york do an internship not get paid i i did it i did it for 3 months 3 to 6 i think it was 5 months actually um but no, it it drained me, and it was right during the uh, the last drop off in two thousand nine. So I I got to experience it. In, <laughs> it was like right after the last drop off in our economy. So I knew that we were in a different situation. They're milking people's internships for your work, and not necessarily for your training. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Like they're they used to train people to keep you working in that facility for as long as possible. Now they really just were like, uh, we need you for a six month, 12 month. Here's your credit. In our, Here's in our your head. credit. <laughs> They're like, yeah. here's your credit for school. And that's it. Get out of here. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I hated and when. That's a privilege. Yeah, but I hated when $15 an hour first came out and people were like, well, the guy that flips my burgers at McDonald's isn't worth $15 an hour. How can you say something like that? It's not about him being worth $15 an hour. It's about giving a living wage to people. And guess what? If you're getting paid $15 an hour for being something like like crazy that should be paid a lot more, then that's a different subject. It's not about the McDonald's worker getting $15 an hour. It's about maybe you should be getting paid more for your job. And that's what it needs. It all will go up. Everything will have to go up. If they're getting $15 an hour, everybody else is going to have to go up. Because you can't tell me, like, oh, you know, an engineer trying to get, like, uh, you know, I'm saying it's a ridiculous um, analogy, but at the same time, it's like an engineer trying to get $15 an hour is going to say, well, I'm not going to get paid as much as somebody who works at McDonald's. So, yeah, these people need to get paid more. They need a living wage. They need to be able to survive off of one job, even if it is flipping burgers at McDonald's, because you're still expecting that person to be there right when you go to mcdonald's you're still expecting that person to be a, uh, to have a job there and i don't know if you've noticed there aren't a lot of high school workers working at these jobs anymore they don't want this job either they don't want that job so some and people are going to have to do that job right you still want people are still going to mcdonald's on christmas eve expecting it to be open right but that person she doesn't deserve 15 dollars an hour or he doesn't deserve 15 dollars an hour to be there Helping giving you burgers instead of being at home with their family? Get out of here. That's what I found, guys. <laughs> now you found it. Now you found it. I was like, let me check down here. I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, man. Man, that's the thing. That's the chaos. Of the, you know, I'm sure you have the same thing where you got so much equipment, you know, and things that you have, and you're just looking that for that oh, one thing. Oh, there's chaos over here. Yo. <laughs> It's like you want you talk about swamp creatures. You can find some things out there. It's the swamp of like equipment. It's, it's unbelievable. But I'm happy. This is gonna be good because so, then you know if I run into issues, I have it here. I was looking for it. I had taken it out of the chain of audio, and now I could reinsert it somewhere else. Pause. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like a funny thing to say, right? Anyways, um, do you want me pause. to cut over to the well, next? We don't have to cut over yet. I mean, we can. We'll cut over to it. I wish we could play. I mean, if we were just streaming on uh, Twitch right now, we could just play some of this. But um, if anybody knows the creature Madlib and Fortet, these are two wonderful producers out there. Uh, Madlib on the right and Fortet on the left there. Um, so Madlib dropped an album called Sound Ancestors. And actually, it was Fortet. I really want to talk about the creative process. Um, they it took it took years to do this apparently and what he would do is he just so, sent him hundreds of files and he found all the best parts of it that he found were the best parts of it and created this like major mix which is going to be his first studio album like what is considered his first studio album uh oh i think uh oh there you go no worries um so i want to just talk about the creative process because Sometimes we don't just have a moment of relaxation where we just think about how we work as people. Um, I, you know, like Madlib is for me, Madlib is one of the best producers of all time. And I, I don't know, you know, that doesn't, I don't know if that fits into your aesthetic because I, this is like a jazz hop person, you know? 
So, but it takes years sometimes to create these, uh, like, ethereal sounds. And, like, how do you think about, like, the process of, like, Kendrick and TDE, who, you know, they take four years sometimes to put out anything. Is that better or worse than somebody who's just pumping out record after record? You know, and sometimes that stuff is just fire. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tory Lanez, for instance. Tory Lanez spits out, like, a million tracks a, a, a year. And they seem to all get pretty good popularity. I mean, he screwed up with that Megan the Stallion um, <laughs> incident where, you know, they, they're still going through the issues of her getting shot in the foot. But um, this is something totally different. Like, you know, why you got it gone? <laughs> I mean, like, at the end of the day, right? It's like, it's like, that's why it's like, it's better to have, like, people that will protect you. But, you know, it is, everybody's different. Anyways, um, everybody's experiences are different. Like, you know, like, if you enter the uh, Mad Libs music, right? You know what I mean. Like, you understand that there's a a, a huge difference and there's a, a different type of respect. The same thing with MF Doom and all these different um, people that have been through things um, in hip hop that that are respected. They, they you know they they've I don't know if I'm being clear enough with that, but you but you understand what I mean? Like it's no, like no, I, the, I feel you, and I'm gonna say rest in peace, Doom and uh, yeah, Double K, because yeah. Double K passed away last night. Uh, oh. I don't know. I, I do you know who Double K is? No, not at all. But that's a shame to hear. Yeah, you know who it is. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, no. You would love the music. You would love the music. Um, a group called People Under the Stairs, and it's like a West Coast. Oh yeah. Like you know everything that was happening with Def Jux, uh, in the in the East Coast. Basically, the West Coast had People Under the Stairs, and they were all doing just backpack. Just sample after sample. I think so, I know what you're talking about. I think I've heard of part of it yeah. before. Like, I listen to, like, it's crazy because I have, like, a lot of independents that I listen to and a lot of uh, major labels that I listen to. And um, I guess it's different. Like, you know, like, it, it depends on, I like more of that, like, like hard club slash, like, you know, I don't know cursing talking about like gangster stuff you no know i mean, mean i mean that's what like, i mean like, that's why i also like, like reggae to too about the creative process. I, I like you know i'm half west indian so i like you know reggae and soca and you know i don't like reggae tone a little bit you know like here and there but uh, some people it's just like i don't know i think it's just easier for some people to churn out stuff faster i mean you get the industry they want people to like they want I need the newest thing. I need it now, you know, and they get a lot of pressure from the industry to like produce, 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 produce. There are some people that you just let them, you have to let them sit on something and work through it and they'll produce fire, but they don't get the time that they need. I think that happens with a lot of artists. They don't get the time they need to really develop something, even something that might come out and it's really good. And you're like, wow, this was really good. They might be sitting back there saying, well, it could have been better, but they've been pushing me to bring something out, you know? And I think like, especially with the industry, they just rush artists too much and they don't give a lot of artists the time that they would need to really work on stuff, you know? And then just sometimes some people come, like it comes easier to some people to just put out as much as they can, you know? And then some people need that, like that, that uh, push, you know, they'll, they'll have people that that's how they got, they got found because they had people behind them like just put stuff out put stuff out put stuff out you know if you, it doesn't matter if it sounds good or not you know put it out and and it gets you attracted to them and then you end up listening to the stuff they actually put their whole hearts into you know i'm just thinking of like 
not when it comes to music, but when it comes to uh, media, you know, the producers for Rick and Morty, they were allowed to have that time. They had like years between seasons so that they could develop the show the way that they wanted to. They gave, they were given that creative opportunity to kind of like expand and look at the show. And, you know, and it has such a huge following that people are willing, like their fans are willing to wait years between seasons for a show if it's going to be great. And I think a lot of fans in general would love, you know, if, if their artist is allowed to create the way that they should, real fans will wait. They'll wait for as long as it takes for something to come out that's really good. But, you know, when it comes to the industry, you have the industry behind things, too, that are just, like, pushing these artists to churn out as much as they can as all the time, you know, and they have a lot of pressure when it comes to that. So you have that that affects that creative process for all these artists you know because i'm sure a lot of them have like different albums like oh yeah i really like that album but if i had more time to work on it it probably would have been even better people think of their advances man. i mean they give them these nice nice big advances and then they're like realizing that hey, oh, i gotta make some money or i'm gonna be screwed <laughs> at the end of this <laughs> and then and then some of them don't take advances like this is why i i went on on mad lib because He's one of these people who he threw out his cell phone like three years ago. He missed to pimp a butterfly. He missed having a track on to pimp a butterfly because only his wife has his, it, like, it's the only number that you can get to. So, like, is that, and he has over, uh, I think it was 35 records. So mm. he's like one of these people who just doesn't care about the money. And that's one of the things that, like, I'm, like, realizing that there are just different artists out here. And there's, like, two zones. There's the industry zone and there's the just I'm going to be a monster in my own my own head. And, like, I think even Kendrick is kind of, like, one of those people, like, where he's just, like, nah, I'm just going to make – I'm going to make the best tracks that I possibly can. And that's all that you're going to see that's going to ever come out. And that's that's all you're ever going to see. You're never going to have me on a weak track. If I do a feature, it better be a damn good track because that's all that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. That's the way you got to do it. Like everybody's got their own approach, man. Everybody thinks they got the secret sauce, you know what I mean? Yeah, I that's think that's what really what it comes down to a lot, you know. And then artist integrity. Some people, some of them are willing to put out whatever comes out, you know. Because they feel like, oh, well, it's fine. Whatever comes out, whatever comes out, it doesn't matter. You know, it's at least I'm making music. And then there's some people that they'll be gone for years, years. And then they come back and they're, they come out with something. And you're like, damn, that's what you've been working on this whole time. <laughs> Anybody that you're thinking of that you're, you're waiting for to come out? Oh, well, I, I like J. Cole and stuff like that. And a lot of his stuff, you know, he was gone for a while. And he came back and he started, you know, he came back more for um, all these like new artists that were coming after him. I think that was a big thing that a lot of these new artists were trying to start rap beefs with all these other rappers and people that had already been out. And they came out and it was just they were just starting beef with people just so that they could get attention, you know. And it was only when they realized when these other artists started coming back and they were like, oh, you starting beef? No, these are fans. They're just fans starting shit just so that they can. They can uh, make a name for themselves. I think of, uh, who's that, Machine Gun Kelly trying to go after Eminem. And... What's his face? Um, yeah, and then he just had to flip records. Was his face, <laughs> was his face in it too? Little, um, little Pump? 
A little pump? Yeah, yeah. a little pump to say something about Eminem too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they do it just to, they're fans. They're all fans. And they just do it to stands. get attention. Yeah, exactly. And they just do it to get attention and stuff like that. And I know J. Cole was talking about somebody that was coming after him. And he said he uh, like he ran up on them at the club and was like, oh, you're trying to talk all this shit. And they just started like fanboying on them so hard. Like, oh, my God, J. Cole, I can't believe you're here. You know? And he's like, what the hell am I doing here? These people aren't trying to come after me. He's like, they're nobodies. They're just trying to make a name for themselves. And that's the way they're doing it in the industry now. You know? Yeah. I mean, okay, so I was going to say, I rep that Dream- Dreamville, uh, J.I.D., Earth Gang. You should hit up those records if you haven't already. Yeah, J.I.D. is dope. <laughs> like, that, that, that rec- those Leonardo DiCaprio records just blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, we got some Vince Staples level stuff right here. And I was going to say, Pusha T is the only person that if somebody, if Pusha T comes up on you for some reason, it, on J. Cole, then you walk away. That's when you walk <laughs> away. <laughs> you want me to cut back over to any... Um, no, no yeah. nobody's messing with Pusha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, you have, do you have anything you want to cut over to? Like, um... Uh, Articles. Nah, or I mean, I wish, I wish we could play the music, but we're all good. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, um, when I, I'm, I'm eventually gonna start doing some stuff with, um, how's it called? Oh, I can't remember it. Mixcloud. Mixcloud might give us the yeah. options to be able to do some of the stuff. You know what I mean? So if we can. Oh yeah, like, and I mean, like, if we were on, if we were just streaming to Twitch, like, if we want to, if at some, I mean, it makes no sense right now because we still have a couple more topics to just scan through real quick but like you can play stuff on twitch and it'll get blocked out the the sound will get blocked out if they need to and that's yeah, but it that, but that's but kind youtube of will devastate yeah. you yeah the, the youtube freaking, will like destroy your account they'll just they'll just basically take it off for protection purposes but they can't come later and and and, and charge you anything for doing it because it airs at least once you know what i mean like the first time you play no. it no, no. I mean, that's the that's the one good thing about Twitch. I I I love the Twitch community too because of that. I mean, they the thing is that you can't like if you play it too loud, it it'll like end for too long, and you're not doing a commentary on it. You you will get a violation of some sort. But it's only mm. that's recent, and they're still trying to figure it out. Like that's why I, I mean I kind of miss. The last, like, this whole year has been weird for the whole situation because now everybody was like, oh, we got to make our money. So I got to, I have to do a copyright on all of these. Like, yep. and that's what the year has been. It's been like learning copyrights everywhere. Like, I, that's why I put beats on my own beats on everything, you know? Yep. How does, like, I don't understand. You remember how they used to sample everything? How does that like you don't hear any sampling anymore? I guess copyrights has gotten through for freaking sampling as well. Yes, I just on YouTube. So I did a I did a hip hop like kind of like beat show, and it, I did it on YouTube and Twitch. YouTube immediately found a sample that I used, and it literally violated. So you know it basically just cancels it in like four or five countries. It's not a mm-hmm. lot of countries. But it's like you have to do a sharing thing now too, and I'm like, okay, but that was like literally a half a second sample. I don't know how you found it that quickly, 
but they their algorithm is so precise they will find any music that is on like a BMG. There's money. There's uh, money yeah. involved. Do you know how many Jersey Club DJs are gonna be out of a job? <laughs> All they did was sample. <laughs> they make the system once, and then they made the system once so that the, that it can regulate this the the YouTube or whatever it is, and now it's just gonna help them make profits. That's all. They look at it as a business expense. Whatever money they invested in the algorithm. To, to search all this stuff is an investment for their protection. They won't get as many lawsuits. They won't get as many uh, issues with, mm-hmm. you know, copyright. Like, that, that that's all they care about. They just want to make sure that that money flow doesn't stop, you know? And that, that's yeah. what's crazy about it. This is why, like, when we do our own thing, we're going to focus on directing people to the site and us, you know, doing what we got to do with the things. Because I want to deal with independent artists and other things that when we start doing the other show... And I don't want YouTube flagging me on things that I'm doing um, for the people that are actually on YouTube as well. Like they'll they'll hear their music. I had issues where I was um, you know doing showcases and like music that they had on YouTube got flagged because they were doing live performances on my show. You know what I mean? So like for that, I, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, no, no, it's, I was gonna say because yeah, I mean like on Twitch, there's a ton of DJs that do that like are DJing all the time like they mm-hmm. come in every couple of days and make sure they do a set and they're using full-on samples and full-on everything so what they have to do is that they have to take off their VODs so you can't go on demand back again so mm-hmm. that just means that nobody can watch it afterwards and they you're just doing a show for people but it's mm-hmm. a it's like you know it's like it that's nice I honestly I love that I think that that's gonna be the future for a lot of people is going to be doing performances, but things that it's hard to save. It's hard to put up again, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, I got, I got, I'm so going to Teresa... save everything. I got all the footage. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk next, about some, some good stuff in the news. Um, so yeah, since we're, since we're on a COVID kick for most of this, um, engineers are designing a new face mask with a test strip to detect COVID. They said that it's uh, kind of like a pregnancy test. It's similar to a classic pregnancy test, a color-changing strip may in the future be mounted on the face mask to detect the presence of COVID-19 in the air you breathe that day. So it's allowing everyone to self-monitor their environments that they pass through. So you can tell if you've been to some place that might have been um, exposing you to COVID-19. Uh, the project was launched by Nano Energies at UC San Diego with a $1.3 million grant from the N1H's Rapid Acceleration of Diagnostics Radical Program. Uh, they said it's a, created a small test kit to attach to the front of any masks, um, which can be mass-produced at the cost of about $0.03 cents per kit. So after breathing through the mask oh. for four to five hours... Enough particles would be available to determine if you came in contact with the virus throughout the duration or indeed if you perhaps um, have contracted it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, three cents is nothing. Does yeah. anybody want to, I don't want to like cut things short, but I, I saw what you was doing at, uh, you want, anybody want to take a quick break or like we, I don't want to cut things short it's in the middle of the discussion. Or no, I mean, I think we're almost done. Uh, it was like rapid. Yeah, we're almost done. Oh no! I thought I'll you were getting. Second, up. Yeah. I saw you. I saw you in the the, the thing. Like I was getting through. something, and I was just like, I can wait. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Never mind. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, it's just uh, three just, quick I, things, I and then break or you know? we'll be done. I don't want to hold you or me or anybody <laughs> else, you know, waiting or whatever. 
I'm going to get the other microphone set up so that you can hear me talk to you while she's talking. You know what I'm saying? Uh, next time. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we were, we were talking about the, the strips, right? I, I like the... um. Kind of screwed up that thing, didn't I? <laughs> I want them to be like rainbow color. That's what I. That's all I want to hear. I I want to hear <laughs> like when you when you see, you know, like it hits your your mask, and all of a sudden it's like, so why do you have a rainbow on your face? Oh, <laughs> we gotta get the hell out of here. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. done with this place. It's got COVID in it. Yeah, yeah, or like you know, neon green would be great. Something looks radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> Does it come with a warning sound? Pew pew. <laughs> They should have the stuff that they use for banks, you know, like when you steal the bank uh, bag or whatever and it explodes like powder on Oh, the dye, yeah. Oh, the dye. The dye. The blue dye explodes on your mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also got, um, they said that that uh, Miami team is able to bring back uh, basketball fans back to arenas with the um, COVID sniffing dogs that they've got. And they said with these truly potent pooches, Miami Heat will be able to allow some ticket holders in to watch their games, provided they get an A-OK -okay from a team of COVID-19 sniffing dogs. Oh, they're so cute. I thought dogs could catch it. Like, it's well, kind of a bad thing that like they're sniffing It says several countries have already trained dogs to sniff out COVID-19, and the combination of masks, socially distanced seating maps, and the canines means around 2,000 lucky fans get to cheer on their home team next week. Next week? What? I think people are so thirsty yeah, for Yeah, next week. Yo, that's so thirsty. Like, people are like, I need to have sports. I need to do this. So we're going to do everything possible. We're going to trick, not trick dogs, but convince dogs <laughs> to, to go sniff out COVID. Poor dogs going to catch COVID and be sick. Well, they claim that they have, like, the success rate of... 94 percent sure detecting covid 19 so but what happens when they start losing sense of smell because that's one of the covid symptoms right i think it was more peaceful for these players <laughs> to like well, i don't smell no covid and then they was gonna be sniffing people for no reason i think it was probably more peaceful for these players not to have any uh <laughs> real fans in the stadium just you know jeering at them because you know i was saying earlier like you don't ever hear fans like yeah you're doing a great job no the only time you ever hear fans say anything to players is when they're like you suck yeah. <laughs> go home i was I yeah I, I was gonna i was like waiting to come back to that um i i think that the fans are only important for the guys that really need to be acknowledged all the time like the people like your big big players are like uh i don't know who's in right now who's in the league right now i haven't been watching this year since since all of this has happened but like nobody really wants those people in the stands unless you know they're gonna get something later you know you know you're gonna go talk to them later and i'm sure that happened that used to happen when they're you know they go off to the the booth is there is there post games now like do they do they go to the their room to the uh locker rooms now do they even bother so. i don't think or so. they just like yeah yeah nobody yeah. cares now then so what's the point of all that rage and rave i i get it it's sports I, it's the sports ball you know what it is is that they're the these season ticket holders and everything like that they're asking for their money back is probably what it is so they're like, oh, let's get these fans back in the sta stadiums because if we don't, we're going to have to end up giving them back their money. God forbid. God forbid. 
because they make plenty of money on just advertising alone anyway during these sports sporting events. So it's not like they really need the fan money. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. It's just about the money, and I'm glad. I'm glad that it's only going to be another year or two of this. Because I mean, though, actually, that's a great question. Are we going to just have half half filled capacity stadiums? From now for for a couple years for two years you know you imagine how short the beer line would be. No, I think it's gonna go back to the same. I think it's gonna go back to the same thing. Well, you just told me. They're gonna try to to convert it back as quick as possible. Absolutely. They don't care. Yeah. They're like money. We need money. We're we're bleeding here. We need money. The concession stands aren't making money. They can't get away with the ten dollar beers and everything like that anymore. Nobody's buying them. Think about how much money 12. that we're making. $20 beer. This better be the best damn beer I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man, they're, they're, they're bleeding money right now. They're like, as long as we can stay open. And I know part of their thing is like, we just want to stay stay open. We don't want to go bankrupt. But then once they start making that money, it, it's all on. They're putting that full full drive, like, you know, <laughs> full, full, full forward or whatever they call it. Um. Yeah, they're 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 thirsty for that money right now, and they're being pushed by the retail, the people who are in their in their arenas too, who have retail facilities that they can't sell anything. So yep. all that merchandise. So yeah, and so one of my friends here, Trashy Plays, uh, has a great comment. Aren't stadiums usually built with tax dollars too? So that is a great point. That a lot of these people are just trying to, yes, they're trying to drag out their margin for two years, but man, they've they've got to deal with a loss. If they can just deal with a couple years of loss, but no, that's not how it works, right? That's not capitalism. For them, it's not capitalism. People, they don't they don't understand the whole concept of if they would have given us some money, we would have reinvested it in in purchasing things like foods and all that other stuff. They would have had money to invest into to protective gear for their employees. They, they would have kept the cycle going if people kept having money. But they didn't look at it like that. They're like, we got to give the businesses money so that they could give like they could f- trickle it down or whatever it is. They love that trickle down. No man. That, that, <laughs> well, the minute they said they're like, we're gonna give trillions to whatever, I was like, all right, we're screwed. They don't care. Then we're not priority. And then they started gradually like, so- I'm, go ahead. No, I mean, what are we going to do about, like, the obvious thing is that when it goes state to state and city to city, I actually thinking I'm thinking about the tax dollars thing. They're, they are getting a tax incentive to have the stadiums there. Oftentimes, most of these cities lose money, like, every year over these stadiums. Hmm. What is going to happen that now that they had the bubble for this time and all these people are in, what are they, in Florida, right? They're all in yeah, Florida. Yeah, Miami, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are we going to do now? They just lost money for the the state lost money for all those that year. And mm-hmm. I mean, we can't do anything about it because that's safety. We're we're being safe. Madison Square Garden had really the best way to do, deal with it. They had voting machines in the Madison, Madison Square Garden. So people voted there. They they they're, they're going to open it up, I believe, to do some vaccine at some vaccines at some point. That's the mm-hmm. only ideas that we have because we're not going to take the tax money away. That's a, that's one of the worst parts of it, right? We're not going to take any of that, those tax incentives away now just because of the pandemic, which is scary. We we should learn from this and say, 
what is the value of these places if they close and we can't use them? My thing is, they're saying it's going to be a little less than 10% capacity. It's going to be Monday night's LA Clippers game. Um, it's 10% capacity. How much like energy, electricity, everything like that for them to probably get up and running most of the stuff so that they can just accommodate these few fans too? Because I'm sure they're limiting what's getting turned on, what's getting used when it comes to, you know, you're going to have people that are going to have to come in, sanitize any bathrooms and stuff because you can't. Expect these people not to have a whole game and not go to the bathroom. You know, you're going to have these people you're employing, too, that are coming back. Is it really going to be worth it financially for them to do all this for a 10% capacity just to get people in? Plus the special dogs that they're going to have to have to sniff the air to make sure that there's no COVID. It seems like more work than needs to be done right now. Aren't they making money on TV though? Like they're keeping the only reason why they're keeping it going is because they still make revenue from television. Yeah, but they were doing it without fans. They had the the pop up people. Did you ever see the pop up people? <laughs> they had in stands. They were just like uh, yeah, cutouts money. and stuff like that there's that they were putting. Than the pop up people really. <laughs> It's crazy. I think it's really, it probably just comes down to like these ticket season ticket holders are like, we want our money back. There's seasons are going by and we're not, we're taking it and we're not taking any advantage of that. So why should we pay? Same thing with like these colleges that are still trying to charge tuition for kids living on campus and they're not living there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That, that I can attest to personally. I know, I know people who are in that situation. Yeah. All right, so what's and our last, last one would be Bernie Sanders memes. Uh, leave it to Bernie to make money off of the memes, okay? Leave it to Bernie. He's now raised over $1.8 million for charity, okay? I, man, this is, should have been our president. <laughs> I really, I'm really like, I, I wish this man was our president. But um, Bernie's hunkered down image captured and decorated photo photographer Brendan Oh, I can't say your name, Mr. Smilowski. <laughs> was soon photoshopped into classic paintings like Edward Hopper's Nighthawks and Botticelli's Birth of Venus. Um, he's been inspired, inserted into contemporary pop culture with winks and nods to Sex and the City, Twilight, Game of Thrones, and Where's Waldo? He's even been swapped into Sharon Stone's infamous cross-legged hot seat pose from Basic Instinct. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Um, he quickly added the image of the line of merchandise on his website and with all the proceedings benefiting Vermont-based charities, including Meals on Wheels and Senior Citizen Advocacy Programs. Sweatshirts, tees, stickers sold out in less than 30 minutes. I'm not surprised. He reported raised around $1.8 million in the span of five days. Five days! $1.8 million. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's the burn. Feel I the just burn. respect. I feel the burn. Just <laughs> I respect it. Just I just gotta respect the man for realizing that he saw, like he just saw, hell, you know, you got me in a picture. <laughs> it was three seconds. You got me in a picture. I'm gonna do what I can with it. That's all. That's all. I really all think that do. he looked the way he did was because he was mad he wasn't putting a hat on. Because you know that man would have had a hat on too if he. <laughs> If he could have gotten away with it. He was like, let me not put my hat on. Because you know he would have had a hat on, too. It's just so... And the lady who sells the mittens, I know... um, She doesn't... She just made them for him. But people were, like, 
soliciting her to to make mittens and she's like i'm just uh she's like i don't do this all the time she's like i just made him some mittens because he looked like he needed some mittens <laughs> trashy got it best bernie selling out to big mitten <laughs> it's not one of the part of the one percent they're giving them lots of money now <laughs> for those mittens right <laughs> <laughs> Sold out. Uh. <laughs> he sold out. He's super mean man. No, I don't know. I love Bernie. Oh man, I wish we had like. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just glad that he's he's going to be the senate, the senate's. Uh, I sorry about that. I'm just blanking for a senate. Um, the fact that he's going to be so important in the senate right now and actually running the economic part of our committee from now on. Yeah, I just he's in that, charge of the even money. Even though it's going to be. 50 Thank you. I, I'm just I'm at my tired point. Like I, I hit my tired point like like 20 minutes ago. But um, no. But I'm just glad that's happening because I didn't want him on the cabinet. I just want to be very specific. I think that he should stay in the Senate and be making sure that we're doing actually economic stuff for people instead of mm -hmm. doing probably what would be an like an ambassador role, most likely if he was in the in the cabinet. So that's all. I'm just I'm just happy that we're we're gonna do something. Yeah, I'm ha I'm happy that he's making them uh, nervous. He's gonna, he's gonna make he's making them real nervous over there. <laughs> like a little guy named Bernie Sanders from Vermont. He's gonna be the one making sure the money goes where it's supposed to be going. <laughs> that and the attention. I like that. I want him to keep getting attention. Yes. Man. Just keep getting him attention so that whatever he says, people hear it. You know what I mean? You know, hopefully he'll say the right things for the right people, but you know, yeah. usually he has a relatively good heart, and that's what matters. And I want the right people to have the the mic more often. Yeah, you know, this hopefully. man's been working for us before he we even knew he was working for us. He's been fighting harder than before you was even paying attention for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna say that again. Say that again, Teresa, because it broke up a little bit. No, I was saying he. He's been fighting for us before we were even paying attention to what the fight was. He's been fighting for us for so long. People need to recognize that. This man has been in the game. He created the game. I created the damn bill. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now he's going to write the damn budget, and that's what's going to matter. He's going to write the damn budget. Yep. And I think that is a great way to end today's show because that's he, he's going to write the damn budget. <laughs> so so please subscribe follow like all of those things on twitter instagram uh find us everywhere i we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll keep diversifying that's what we're gonna keep doing youtube so please love us please make the algorithm gods happy and thank you thank you for joining us on growth mindset we'll see you guys soon we'll see you guys on wednesday have Bye a guys. good night thank you